What's up, Whittier? Welcome to What's Up, Whittier, a homegrown podcast. A podcast to showcase Whittier's businesses, personalities, and hidden treasures. Hey everybody, producer Christine here. But I did want to let you know that this is part of our City Council Candidate Series. Early Election Day starts on February 22nd and actual Election Day is on March 3rd. Here at What's Up Whittier, we believe in democracy and having an open forum for candidates to really come from the heart and talk about why they're running for office. So I hope you enjoy this series in the next few episodes. Thank you for listening, subscribing, leaving us reviews for What's Up Whittier. As you know, this is a free community resource to everybody. So we're here, we're interviewing our future representatives, and we want you to get out the vote. If you're not registered to vote, you can head to lavote.net to check your registration and register people to vote. If you know kids or teenagers that are 16 and up, did you know they can actually pre-register to vote? Definitely. So go to lavote.net and get people pre-registered. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to What's Up Whittier. You can follow all of our social media. Check us out at What's Up Whittier on Instagram and Facebook at What's Up 562 on Twitter. And check out our new website, What's Up Whittier.xyz. And also check out all of our social media, the team. You can check out Remo the Realtor at RemoTheRealtor.com and everything at RemoTheRealtor. And you can follow Jesse the Architect at J2Architects on Facebook, Instagram, and J2Architects.com. But you can head over to ChristineSingerLuna.com if you're interested in notary services, because I am a notary. Thank you so much, everybody, for following along with What's Up Whittier and for trusting us to bring you this type of resourceful information. Now, take it away, Jesse and Remo. What's up, Whittier? Dun, da, da, da. Remo. Talk to me, Jesse. How you doing, man? I'm well. We're in a different uh, location today. I got the hills behind me. I kind of feel like I got a bad seat because you guys <laughs> get to enjoy the nice view. <laughs> That's what happens when you show up I late, know. my friend. I, I came late and I was with uh, my back to the beautiful view that we're, uh, that we're here with. Well, speak to me. Where, where are we at uh, today? You know what? And I go describe it. Physically, because I don't know the actual name of the building, but it's the turquoise green building, or turquoise is probably its own color, um, right next to City Hall. So we're on the fifth floor of the, it's a law office, because I see three names on the uh, on, on the, the door. door. Yeah, <laughs> That's to the extent that I know. Yeah, and I know yeah. we're in Suite 510. There you go. Yeah. No, man, this is a good space. I mean, we forget that there's this building here and, and, and the potentials in terms of the views that it has. Yeah. I mean, man, it, yeah. I mean, I think anybody in this building is spoiled. Yeah. Spoiled with an awesome view. Yeah. Especially on the other side because you can see all the way to Palos Verdes and uh, Long Beach. And if it's a beautiful day, you yeah. see Catalina. That's yes. right. That's right. And all the beautiful sunsets if you're working late, right? <laughs> Always. <laughs> Always. All right. Well, well again, we're going to kind of continue our, our uh, city council candidate inter- uh, interviews. Slash mayor. Inter- yeah. And today we have a, a candidate for mayor. Um, Remo, who do we have today? Who, who's also our current mayor, which That's is right. Joe Joe Benetieri. Welcome, Joe. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm I'm a little froggy. Um, I don't know if I'm coming down with this stuff, but the throat is. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say it builds character, right? I, I don't need character. I just want to stay well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Uh, you're right yeah. with the with this weather, and that's and that's what I tell everybody. It's like it seems <clears> that it's it's uh, we get some cold weather, warm weather, windy weather, yeah. and it's like man, make up your mind because if not, we're all going to end up in the same place. And in our office, you know, they always try to correct it with appropriate either heating or AC. Oh. So that throws in a different yeah. layer where it's just your body's always yeah, yeah. a different element. So. Yeah. Well, we can't complain too much, guys, because they're having a really horrible yeah. snowstorm back yeah. in yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. So and I'm, we're looking out here in the... You know, it's kind of cloudy, but the uh, hills are green. Yeah. And it's uh, Southern California. Yeah, that's right. Winter. That's right. Yeah. And we can't complain. Well, Joe, would you like to introduce yourself uh, as one of our, as we go through the candidate questions? You know, we have standardized questions that we put together. And so the first one is obviously introduce yourself and let yeah. people know. Well, I'm Joe Vinatieri and um longtime resident of Whittier. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, um, just lived here a long, long time. And uh, this is this is home for me. Yeah, this is home. So I get to be the current mayor, and uh, and looking to uh, continue on with that. Yeah, yeah. How many how many years have you served as mayor? Uh, I was first elected in 2016 when we went to the new districts in the citywide electric uh, electric elected mayor. <laughs> there we go. Feels like electric sometimes. Um, but I've been on the um, city council. I was elected in 2006. Um, there was someone who was appointed and determined not to run for re-election or for election, I should say. And so I ran in uh, 2006 and was elected at that time. And then I had a regular four-year term in 2008. So 2008 to 2012 and then again in 2012. And then 2016, we went to the new form of, uh, of elections in, in government. Mm. And, and so now you're you're going for re-election, but it's uh – it's a, what is it, every two years that you got to go back? Yes. The, the current uh, – the way it works, the current districts, those are four-year terms. The mayor is a two-year term. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theory is that um, that way at least uh, the the people, the voters of Woodyear are voting for a mayor uh, and there's somebody always to vote for every two years. Otherwise, it's um, – you know, you could have off years and no one votes. That's the theory. I'll I'll tell you, um, I I'm of the belief that it needs to change. Correct. Uh, that makes it, it's been very. Um, it's real interesting. Um, you 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 do your your run for mayor, and you really get ramped up, and it takes so much time and effort, uh, especially now that we've gone to the county election system, and um, and we have a lot more people voting, which is a good thing, but it's much more expensive and much more intense. Um, but at the same time, you get done with the election, yeah. and then you're 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 tired, and you you need to take a break for two three months because you've been going at it so hard, and try to get back to in my case practicing law, because yeah, yeah. uh, I've kind of put a lot of things on hold while you're you're running for re-election, let alone you're trying to also do the mayor thing. Yeah. Uh, so you take time off, and you finally get get a chance to to rest in that. So then you have about six months, maybe a little bit longer, to actually work on uh, what you're trying to work on in terms of vision and that stuff. And then guess what? It's time to run again. So it's yeah. – it's. Um, uh, I've talked to several people about it. It's, I think it's um, it needs to be changed. I really do. Having gone through it a couple of times, is it is it easier? Do you have – is it harder? Do you – you know, going back for the, the re-election? Um, you in in when you run and you're a candidate, you never take anything for granted. Um, you always run 
um, you know, uh, full bore, which is more than 100 percent, it's 200 percent. Mm-hmm. You always run. Mm-hmm. And um, so whether you've been in there or not, uh, you, you got to run full bore uh, and give it everything. And, and, and it, when and election time is the time when you actually end up going door to door and you can talk to people, find out what's on their minds. People tell you stuff at the door that they would never tell you. Uh, in in just in regular conversation somewhere else, yeah. so um, it's a good time, but it's very very labor intensive, yeah. uh, and takes up just lots and lots and lots of time. But that's the way it is, and 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 that's what you need to do for now. Uh, for now, yes, I'm, I'm 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 here <laughs> focused on this day and this election. Right that's now. right. That's right. You you mentioned uh, that your practice. I mean, the next question is, what is your uh, profession? Yeah, I'm an attorney. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, and I do California state and local tax law. Uh, what that means basically is I'm um, uh, have lots and lots of experience in dealing with the state tax authorities, the franchise tax board. The used to be the uh, state board equalization, still do work with them, but the California Department of Tax and Fee Administration, which does sales and use tax, uh, local county assessors up and down the state on property tax. So I know um, I'm an expert on when it comes to taxation because I represent lots of clients and I've been at this, what, over 30 years, 35 years, whatever it's been now. So I know the system, um, state and local taxation, and because of that, I know a lot about finance and government finance and and how you make things happen, uh, cash flow, uh, bonding, and uh, things like that. So um, what's real good for me is I've got a, a number of great clients and um, uh, uh, over the years. And what has helped me to do is to uh, see both sides of the picture because when you're the mayor, you're looking at the government uh, fisc and how much money you have because you've got needs. Uh, you got some wants, but you have needs. And you got to figure out, well, how are we going to afford this? Yeah. And there's a question here later we'll talk mm-hmm. about. But you look at that. So I'm putting on my mayor hat and I'm looking at well, how do we afford this, and what do we what do we need to do? At the same time, I take that hat off and I put on my hat as an advocate for a taxpayer who's getting audited by the state of California, and unmercifully so uh, over uh, arcane legal points, uh, tax legal points uh, that that seem to be uh, heavy handed and, and overly. Uh, bureaucratic, regulatory-wise. And you say, wait a second, why do you want to be doing this to businesses? Mm -hmm. Because the businesses are what bring in the cash, which enables the government to function. And so there's a a balance of making sure that you have what you need to perform uh, government, uh, essential governmental uh, needs like like public safety, et cetera. But you got to be really careful, which is an issue in this state, of being overly bureaucratic, over-regulatory, uh, uh, over-taxing, and driving people out of the state. And um, that is an issue, and people talk about it and say, well, it's really not real. It's real. Yeah. It's very real. So when I make decisions as the mayor, um, I'm looking at what we need and police officers, et cetera. But at the same time, I'm trying to make sure, is this something we really need? Is it, how's it going to hurt our business community? Uh, and that type of thing. So it's, a, it's kind of a balancing. It's a balance, yeah, yeah. Makes sense, um, Joe. You say you've been here forever. Uh, we won't we won't ask what that means, but what keeps you uh, here in Whittier? Um, Whittier, <clears throat> there we go. Whittier is a um, is a unique place, and um, there's very few places like it in Southern California. Um, it's it's it has the the Quaker heritage, which gives it a um, uh, there's a 
uh, how should religious and, and churches are really important here. There's an e- uh, an ethos here of of people who basically they they look out for each other. Uh, there's usually a good amount of respect for people. They keep their property values up. They uh, they really um, uh, hearken on on very good um, school district uh, school systems and that. Uh, and there's just a lot of people who've come to Whittier over um, the generations because they want to raise a family here. Yeah. They like those values. We find those values in other places in Southern California, but because of our our background, um, we're unique. Mm-hmm. And so, um, part of what um, what is is so important to me as the mayor is to make sure that we keep those values that that they become uh, uh, even uh, stronger. Because people are moving here, young families, to raise kids just like my family did, just like I did with my my family. And we want to keep those values. Um, but at the same time, we want to make sure we're moving forward uh, in terms of the um, technology and things that are going on. So we don't, we don't want to do a Mayberry thing. But on the other hand, we want to make sure that we keep our, 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 our basic values because people really uh, yearn for that. The hills, uh, the beautiful homes that we have, uh, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I know you're going for re-election, um, but why are you – I mean, you kind of touched on it on why you're going for re-election, which, again, I agree with you. The two-year term it doesn't make sense. Um, maybe I'll have to speak to, to the mayor about that. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I wish the mayor had the power to do something, but he, but he doesn't. Um, but, yeah, yeah. but tell us, why, why are you uh, running again? Well, we, we've, we've got some things going on here. Um, that that we planted uh, a while back, and I just want to make sure that they come to fruition and they are done well. And so, um, it's one of those situations where we've we've uh, laid a framework, a groundwork uh, for for a number of things in this town, and I just want to make sure that we see those things through. And uh, as I say, that we do the best uh, that they're uh, that they're excellent. So that's kind of what this is all about, and. Just keep on keeping on. There you go. Keep moving forward, right? Yep. Yes. Well, I, I have a, just – I know it's not one of these questions. Just for those that are maybe listening and are coming to Whittier or considering coming to Whittier, what are some of the exciting things that are happening in Whittier? It's just maybe – in, in a short one-liner, a couple-liner oh. that, that you might be. See, now he's being selfish. Yeah, well, I, he, he, oh, wants, no, no, no. he wants to scoop in. in he wants to scoop not, on no, stuff that's public <laughs> that, that I think if someone's listening that they say, you know what, let's go check out Whittier. They have a lot of things going on. Because yeah. I think yeah. at a high level, obviously you know a lot of it, but maybe the... No, I think, that, I think that's a very good question. Um, one of the things we're looking at right now, and I've got it down here further, is um, uh, we're looking at a people mover system. We've had uh, a meeting or two about that, and that's to uh, come up with some kind of shuttle system here in town uh, that moves people around, that's uh, on time, uh, it's low cost, uh, and and, and basically you don't need to get in your car. And uh, what we've been talking about initially is something up here, and I've talked about it a couple for for, uh, two two times now, but uh, things take time, yes. And so um, we're talking about some kind of people mover or shuttle system that would uh, start from the college and go down Philadelphia through the uptown uh, into the groves uh, to PIH and, and back, and then ultimately out uh, Lambert to um, the Whitwood, and uh, then the Whitwood down uh, uh, Whittier Boulevard to the Quad, uh, then the Quad back up to um, the college on Painter. And so we're we're actually we've had a couple meetings about that. 
and uh, we're waiting to get some plans back on it. We also, um, <clears throat> really cool, um, we've become acquainted with an AV, autonomous vehicle uh, company back in Boston. And uh, Fernando and I were back there to visit them to see how those vehicles work. Um, and they're kind of scary because you go, somebody, no driver? Um, but we looked at it. We saw the technology and what they're doing. Uh, and it's a kind of a shuttle system. Uh, and it's it's only for limited uh, situations. But uh, they came back out here about a month ago just before Christmas uh, from Boston. And uh, we're talking with um, the, the owners, the developers of the Groves, uh, also uh, PIH Health Hospital, uh, for maybe some kind of shuttle, autonomous vehicle shuttle back and forth between the Groves. Uh, in the hospital, it's, and why this is exciting to me is you're going to have this hospital that's growing and is growing, and there's going to be down the road there's going to be some research facilities there, um, and and what's going to happen is you're going to have all these homes at the at the groves uh, that they're now framing the the models, and people are going to be able to basically live right there at the groves and either walk to the hospital and jobs and their research facilities. Or go back and forth on some type of autonomous uh, shuttle system uh, that goes from you know goes around the groves and goes down and then around the hospital and back, um, which is uh, perfect for that kind of situation. So it's it's nobody else. Um, this this particular company uh, is doing one. The first one I believe on the west coast is up uh, at a facility up in Northern California, and so we're, we're we've been talking to them. We'll see how it pans out because the. The technology um, is coming on very quickly, and, of course, it has to be safe. But yeah. uh, these folks are all from MIT, and um, they know what they're doing. So I'm really kind of excited about that. So Whittier is usually slower yeah. uh, in technology and stuff, and we're usually wait for everyone else. But, um, you know, who knows on this one? We were even using thinking about maybe um, uh, taking it from uptown up to Hellman Park. Oh, nice. Yeah, so um, we're, we're waiting to see on that one. So it's we've been talking about it. And it's now starting to potentially come to fruition. So that's exciting uh, uh, for us because we're looking to the future. Very cool. Yeah. See, Remo, now you could uh, actually get on a vehicle and t- start taxing without having to worry about uh, yeah. driving. You know, my car has an autonomous, <laughs> autonomous feature. I have a Tesla. And um, I see the technology at first hand because I, I use it quite often. And at the same time, it's really scary because sometimes, you know, I've had the car in autonomous driving and – Obviously, it's the roads that allow it to be really good or, you know, not so good. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a controlled environment where it's from one place to the other and it's the exact same thing and no people walking, then it's great. If you have stop sign, kids playing, trash cans, that's when it gets a little – Yeah, it's not as consistent. <laughs> no, and, and, you, and you hit it because that's what we're looking at with the hospital and, and the groves. Uh, yeah. and, and so we're, we're working it. Yeah. I think it's pretty – Pretty cool. Yeah. No, yeah, no, it's, definitely. Technolo- anytime you bring technology to any city, I mean, it's yeah. just going to uh, excite and move things, you know? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Very cool. Um, so the next question is, uh, do you serve in any other volunteer organizations um, that you think would help for your... Uh, city of Whittier, man. <laughs> well, that's one. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I don't as much as I used to. I was involved with the Chamber of Commerce. I was involved with the YMCA and church um and, and the like but um it it pretty much precludes me from uh there's so much yeah, you're probably super busy right? uh too busy yeah yeah <laughs> <coughs> all right we'll just go to the next one then um 
What is the biggest concern you've uh, been hearing from residents uh, while canvassing or just reaching out to potential voters? It's it's homelessness. I mean, there's just that's where it's at, and uh, that's the biggest issue on people's minds. We had a a neighborhood meeting out in East Whittier last night, and um, they wanted to know about, you know, what's going on with homelessness in Parnell Park. Uh, I had another one in East Whittier last week where – uh, it was homelessness, and I had one over here on, on the west side, homelessness. So um, no question, it's it's all about homelessness, and um, uh, people are very, very much bothered by it, uh, as well they should be, because I'm bothered by it, and I know the council members are bothered by it. Uh, so it's something that has our attention. We've had, uh, you know, we, we called it homelessness state of emergency. Uh, we... Um, We've had a couple special meetings uh, on the subject alone. Uh, we want people to to make sure they express themselves, and we want them. I want them to know they're being heard. So, um, the problem with homelessness, as we all know, uh, is that um, homelessness is a multifaceted issue. Yeah. Uh, you you just can't say, oh, well, go fix it. Yeah. You got to you got to figure out, well, what group of homeless are we talking about? Correct. Um, you normally, with women and children um, and, and fathers, families, you don't see uh, those folks, those families on, on the, the street. That's right. And the reason why is uh, we've got a great program here in Whittier between the Whole Child, Salvation Army, uh, Women and Children's Crisis Shelter. Um, we're able to take those families once they're identified and they'll go into the hospitality house uh, at the Salvation Army, um, and then then what happens? The whole child will try to find them shelter, apartment, or something. They're usually about two months there at the hospitality house, uh, and then they go to um, some some type of apartment situation. We have a really cool thing in Whittier for families called Imagine Whittier, and a lot of people don't know about it, but um, it's a group of the um, a number of churches came together for the consortium on homelessness several years ago. Um, and those are basically church people who want to do something about it. Well, what they've done is we took this program from downtown Los Angeles called uh, Imagine LA, and we brought it out here. And basically what happens is trained people will work with uh, a mother, will work with uh, this, uh, a child or a second child, and they'll kind of mentor them and try to make them uh, become part of the community. And there'll actually be somebody uh, who will help them, a third person or fourth person, on the family for finances. Mm-hmm. And so you'll uh, you'll see if you go to Central Park or Parnell Park during the summer uh, when we have concerts, um, you'll see some people over there if you look closely. A lot of them are the, the, the Imagine LA mentors and mentees uh, and just out and meeting people in, in the, um, the, the community. So, uh, so things are, I mean, we, we always have some issues, but things are pretty good when it comes to that. So yeah. we're very pleased uh, with that. Uh, where we, we have the issue, of course, is the single adult males mm-hmm. uh, and single female um, adult females. And the, uh, by and large, those are the people who we see on the street. And um, we've seen it at, at Parnell Park. We saw in the Greenbelt situation. Um, and um, that's a different group of people. We also have people who are um, vets. We have people who are uh, newly emancipated, who are in um, some kind of uh, foster situation, who are now out. I mean, we have students who are uh, some students who are homeless. So there, there's different groups. And oh, yeah. depending upon the group, 
depends uh, upon the different way that you deal with it. Correct. So um, where we have the major issue in what people see is the, the male and female adult homeless uh, individuals. Correct. Correct. So, um, and how you deal with that is is it's um, a very frustrating. Um, and um, I don't know, should we go into the, the Boise yeah. case and all that stuff, or you want to not do that? Well, no. I mean, the next question we go right into is how would you address homelessness? Yeah. Right. Well, that's what we're doing yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, so the, the way that we're addressing, I just gave you families and, and the like um, um, with the adult um, and, uh, adults. The situation is um, a lot different. And when it comes to, to adults, um, there are those who are um, newly displaced, who are economically displaced, and um, they, they, we can help them. If, uh, maybe they lost their job, their house, whatever. Assuming they want help, we can give them help. It doesn't always happen immediately, but we can get them help. They have a desire. Um, part of the issue, however, is the people that you see on the streets, uh, a number of them are drug and alcohol addicted. Mm-hmm. And um, this is the way they live their life. And they don't want to live in uh, with something over their head. Yeah. Uh, and also a number of those people are uh, mentally ill, um, and and they need help uh, from that standpoint. So uh, what, what we are confronted with here in Whittier is we have these different groups all coming together, and uh, we then have a thing called the, the Boise case. Uh, up until the Boise case, which was about a year and a half ago, uh, you didn't see encampments in Whittier. And uh, because when the encampment started, um, the police and we had volunteers would move people along. Uh, when Boise came, Boise basically said, hey, uh, you can't enforce your camping ordinance in public uh, spaces like a park unless you have a bed for each one of those individuals. And so um, we, we, have, we now have beds in Whittier. We have at first day, um, but, but you can't enforce all the way unless you have those beds. So um, what we have done is basically we have beds now and uh, we are going to uh, individuals and saying, hey, we have a bed for you. Now, the law says under Boise, supposedly, uh, it's sometimes a little bit obtuse, that uh, we can, um, if a person is offered a bed and doesn't want the bed, then at that point in time, we can usher them out of the park, for example. You all know what we're doing right now at Palm, uh, Palm at <laughs> Parnell Park. Uh, we posted it, uh, what, a week ago, uh, I guess yet, uh, today or yesterday. Uh, and basically we said we're going to institute curfew and uh, everyone needs to be out of the park from sunset to sunrise uh, starting, I think it's the 27th next Correct. week. Yeah. So um, in the meantime, we've had the uh, Sheriff's Homeless Outreach Task Force. We've had First Day. We've had PATH um, and LASA out at the park getting to know each individual there, finding out what their need is and trying to give them services. And to the extent they want services, they're going to get services. Uh, but but the problem is there are a group of people who just don't want services. Correct. And they just want to live this way. And that's their choice. But uh, you can't live this way in a park. Let's just put it that way because the park was built for families, for kids, for seniors, for everybody, but it wasn't built for camping. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that's what we're doing. And uh, we have the, uh, we have the curfew that is in force at, at um, 
Leffingwell Ranch Park. We're going to have it uh, in force uh, at Parnell Park. And so the I think the good thing is we've, we're attempting to help uh, to place people. And um, if people want to avail themselves of it, they're going to get all the help that they need, and we'll, we'll take care of it. But if they don't want it, then we got a problem. Yeah. So um, we, that's we, the, 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 the frustrating thing. Yeah. We keep hearing that there's a, you know, there's a push to get a shelter built in Whittier. And, you know, obviously you have, you have two groups that are either for it or against it. Um, what's your take on that? Um, and, again, moving forward in terms of mayor? Yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, it's clear to me that we need more beds in Whittier um, because we have beds at First Day. And I'm encouraging First Day to expand. Uh, they've been here for a long time. They're an institution in our community. We know them. We love them. Uh, and they do a great job. So I'd like to see them expand. So under the Boise case, and we're looking at um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're looking at getting into um, maybe some kind of settlement situation um, through the Orange County uh, litigation on the, uh, the Santa Ana River situation. We're, we're exploring all that right now. Um, what, what we're looking at is we need to have more beds uh, to, in order to enforce, um, you know, the, the, the situation under Boise. Yeah. So we need more. The only issue is how many. On the one hand, we want enough beds to be able to do for people who want help, et cetera. Uh, on the other hand, we don't want to have so many beds that become a magnet. Yes. And so there's, there's a balance there. And um, we haven't really known how many beds we need. We just did a census before Christmas, and we're getting that next week, the finalization of that census that tells us how many uh, people, homeless people we actually have. Um, and it's less than what uh, L.A. Homeless Services Authority says we have. And, of course, uh, tomorrow night, uh, uh, the 22nd, is the um, uh, date that we do the homeless count for LASA. And uh, I'd encourage anyone, well, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but... Um, to call first day and be part of the solution of finding out how many homeless we have here. So um, it's a it's a balance between uh, having enough in in a right setting, which I believe first day is, uh, but at the same time not overdoing it. And and here's the reality: <clears throat> this is anecdotal. Um, our police, I think it was last week, uh, went out and contacted 17 people at Parnell Park, and they know everybody now because of the services, and asked. Uh, would you like to have a bed tonight? And out of 17 people, they had zero takers. So um, so you don't want to be in a situation where in the Boise case, you've got to have beds. But on the other hand, um, you don't want to be throwing money away. Uh, I mean, this is the public's, this is our taxpayer money. So we have to be wise with it. So it's we're in kind of a balancing thing right now. Yeah. You'll hear me say balance. So we're working through that right now. And hopefully... Um, you know, we're going to find that right balance and we'll be moving forward on it. And I think you said you said it correct in terms um, in terms of the concern as a resident where it's not necessarily like we understand that there's a financial impact to that. Right. Um, but from from my end, it'd be more of a of like what you were saying earlier is you, you say you overbuild or, or, or say you, you even provide a minimum but not all of them are being taken. Mm -hmm. Like, are we setting ourselves up to start attracting um, uh, or, or, or having to worry about having to intake 
you know, homeless uh, people or, or, or families or whatever from other cities um, or other organizations. And I think that's the biggest concern, at least when you say, hey, let's not build something. I think that's a concern. Like, are we really building it to, to deal with something or are we just building something to attract more? Um, and that's tough. I mean, it's it's uh, well. That, that's a major concern for this mayor. Yeah, it's a major concern because um, I've talked to the mayor pro tem of Ontario, talked to the mayor pro tem of Bellflower, and they've entered into settlement agreements. Um, and I, I, we need to figure out how this works. But uh, in both Ontario and Bellflower, uh, the court basically ordered that look at you don't have a responsibility for people who are from outside your area. If you're Ontario, you take care of Ontario. If you're Belfar, you take care of. And there's some kind of nexus. You know, they went, they grew up there. They went to high school there. They, you know, whatever it might be, they have family there. Um, that's the kind of thing I think that we have to have here, and that's one of the things that we're talking about because we, um, uh, at some point in time, I guarantee you, something's going to happen downtown L.A. and it's going to blow up. Uh, and people are going to be scattered, and they're going to be going all everywhere, including here. And we have no responsibility, as far as I'm concerned, to take care of other people that don't have some kind of nexus or some type of relationship to Whittier. So how we do this, uh, how we balance it, I mean, there's a question in my mind, to be candid with you, that we're here in Whittier, we're paying city of Whittier money uh, for more beds, but there are people who identify themselves, uh, for example, in Parnell Park, as Whittier residents, but they live in the Whittier County area. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, are we getting money from the county for that? Yeah. And, and once again, I mean, I, and, and, I you know, uh, whether Whittier City or Whittier County, um, you know, we get into some, uh, you know, we all have a Whittier address, quote unquote. Yeah. But but what is our relationship? What is our uh, what 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 are we responsible for? And, and I think we have to be very careful about um, trying to solve the problem for everyone else when we just have our own issues we need to deal with here. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, that's the, I think again, looking at it from from a resident's perspective, it's it's you know we're not we shouldn't be the city that's going to go out there and champion this and, and try to take care of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, really, what we need to do is is champion and take care of our own, um, right. and and at a regional solution that um, that again deals with that. And so, yeah. well, and we're and we're uh, it is a regional issue. It's not just a city of Whittier issue. Yeah. Uh, we're talking to uh, Pico Rivera. Uh, we were talking to um, uh, Metro State Hospital, which is I just drove by there again today. It is a huge piece yeah. of property. Um, they could easily do a shelter down there, um, a large shelter. Um, so so it's it's doable. There's another aspect of this, though, uh, Remo, and, and I want to talk to you guys about this, Jesse, and that is that with people who are drug addicted – um, and who don't want to do anything about their situation. We, and, I, and there are people who disagree with what I'm going to say right now, but I believe it strongly. Uh, we uh, people voted for Proposition 47 several years ago, which decriminalized drug usage. And I understand because there were so many people in prison for drug use, yeah. okay? But what happens, you went from maybe too much to nothing. Yeah. And so what happens is the drug courts, they're gone. The drug rehabilitation services, a lot of them are just gone. And so there's no accountability anymore. And I think a lot of the people you see on the street are people 
who were formally um, uh, being rehabilitated and there was some accountability and there is none now. So that's a major part of the problem that we have. And there's a second issue, uh, and that is mental health. Um, We in California have a thing called the Lanterman Petrus Short Act. It was done back in the 60s. And what they did is they said, look, it, we're going to take people out of the, uh, the asylums, quote unquote, mm-hmm. and we're going to put them into community-based rehab and, or, or help mentally uh, people or mentally challenged people. So they did that. The problem is they didn't really fund it. And so we have a situation here in California today where if someone wants to involuntarily put themselves into a, a, a mental a locked facility or something like that, they can, and it works well. In fact, I think the first year we had the mental uh, evaluation team, mental health evaluation team, Weir PD. We had a, a police officer, specially trained, and we had somebody from uh, county mental health. Uh, we took 17 people who were on the street, who were homeless, who were, uh, had mental issues, and they voluntarily agreed uh, to get mental help. Yeah. So we, we got them off the street, which was wonderful. The problem is uh, the people who don't want help. Yeah. And the only way that you can do those people to help them is under the LPS is you have to show that they're gravely disabled or they're a, a, a threat or a danger to themselves or society to other people. That's a really high bar, yeah, yeah. a really high bar. Um, I was out with the police uh, a couple months ago. We went to a call uh, in the west side of town and um, it, was a, it was a lady who was talking to herself. She, she'd been, she was drinking and I recognized her because I'd seen her around. Um, and she was on private property uh, in a uh, apartment situation with you know families and stuff like that. So they called to get her out. Yeah. So I said, well, why aren't we doing something about her? Well, they said, well, we did, and we uh, uh, put her in for an evaluation, a 72-hour hold, uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And they went in for um, to, to check her out, and she was in for 72 hours, and they determined that she was capable of handling herself. And uh, she's back out on the street. Yeah. And I said, I said, I'm not a mental expert, <laughs> yeah. uh, evaluation expert, but I mean, it's just, I mean, she walks around, um, uh, uh, not shoes, uh, no shoes sometimes, uh, talking to herself. Yeah. Um, and I said, I don't get this. Yeah. Well, that's the problem we have. Yeah. And so the state legislature has to do something about this, yeah. and they have not done anything about it. And I've been real disappointed with the governor because he came out with this big uh, homelessness thing uh, uh, last week, and it gave, uh, in my opinion, short shrift yeah. uh, to mental health issues. Yeah. And and this is the thing that kills me. There's a thing here in California, a thing, excuse me, uh, it's called a millionaire's tax. Anyone who makes a million dollars or more, um, you know, I, I know Jesse. You're doing well Actually, these I was days. Remo. Remo's is it Remo? Okay, yeah, Remo. Remo. All right, you're paying this money. Tax. You're, you're <laughs> paying this money. There is over five hundred million dollars. That's a half billion dollars set aside in a special fund for mental health issues and and this kind of thing. They haven't spent any of that money. It's just sitting there. I mean, in the meantime. Here we are. We're surrounded. And here's the thing that really bugs the daylights out of me is Sacramento is telling us what to do. They say, do this, do that. And yet, who are the people who are feeling it? It's us. We're the ones who have to clean up after all this. And yet, they're the ones that are telling us what to do. And they don't provide money for it. They're not not stepping up. So um, I know that Josue Alvarado was talking to Senator Bob Archuleta last week when he was in Sacramento. I met with Bob before Christmas to talk about this very issue. Um, 
And one of the things I want to do today is people keep saying it's housing, housing, housing. Yes, a portion of it is housing. There are people who are economically deprived, who've lost jobs in that, which is tough to do in this economy, but it's, it's happening. And they're out on the street. We want to help them. But the housing component is only one aspect. The thing that they're not talking about is the drug and alcohol on Prop 47 and the mental illness and not dealing with that. And until we get our arms around that and get serious about it, we're going to continue to see what we have here. So I'm asking everybody. I'm glad we're we're talking, and and I'm I'm being straight up about this. People are going to disagree with what I'm telling you right now, but it's there. We see it. All you have to do is go down. You can smell it, feel it, and touch it. So we need to do that. We need our legislators to help step up and propose legislation and get going. This is a nonpartisan issue. This is not a partisan issue. This is about helping people, cleaning up our, 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 our people, and helping them uh, get off the street. Yeah. So I'm well, sorry. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Well, with that, I mean, if you want to run for governor, I mean, might as well, <laughs> might no. as well announce it now. No, no, no. I've, 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 I, I, people ask me, what's wrong with you now? And, I, you know, you got a gun to your head. What's wrong with you? By the way, my, my wife would – she would shoot me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, we could go forever on, on this. Yeah. Uh, again, it's an endless topic. But I'm glad you brought those points up because not a lot of people know about it. No. And not, not everybody's talking it or looking at it that way. And it's important that you look at it from all aspects because that's the only way you're going to be able to to get a hold of what we really need to do. So thank you for that. Yeah. Um, the next one is um, uh, number two. What is, what is uh, your plan on retaining or attracting local business? Um, well, we, we have a plan here in Whittier. Uh, if I'll just remind you, remember, we won most business-friendly city in, in Los Angeles County um, twice. Uh, over a period of, I, I'm trying to remember how many years it was, but one of the few cities that have won it twice, uh, and that's because we're proactive on business. Uh, what we try to do is we have someone uh, involved with the city who actually goes to the businesses, tries to reach out, how y'all doing? Uh, do you need anything from us? We have a red team, so if there's an issue with uh, somebody uh, is thinking about moving because of governmental regulation in that or there's issues with uh, utilities or something like that, if they'll talk to us, uh, we'll try to jump right on board and do everything we can to keep them here. So we are proactive on that. A lot of people don't know that we do that. Uh, one of the things that we do, um, and, and I'm going to say it again, uh, several years ago, we pushed hard that if you're a Whittier business and you are bidding jobs from the city of Whittier, if you are located here, um, we have to normally go with what's the lowest, um, what's the lowest bid, mm-hmm. and that's the way it works. Uh, if it turns out we have a Whittier City business that is not the lowest bid, but they're within 5% of that low bid, we will give it to the Whittier business. And we, I helped institute that. We did as a council a uh, number of years ago. So we tried to use that as an attractive um, uh, device. So we, we have that, um, and, and uh, we, just, we have a number of things that we want to be uh, uh, basically pro-business. And, and for me, when I see things come in front of – uh, me on city council, I'll look at it and say, what's, what's this saying? Is this, is this pro-business or are we putting a, another uh, government regulation that's really not necessary? So those are the kinds of things we try to do. Joe, I had a, maybe a question also about the girls and attracting local businesses there. I mean, do you find that pretty easy with it being fairly new? And how do you attract those businesses to that area? Well, on the Groves, the former Nellis, I'm so excited about it. I know if you uh, – everyone drive by Whittier Boulevard, 
because for years and years, remember that started in 2003, 2003, the city council started, and then there were a number of us who were not involved in the government got involved in it because that was a blighted property. And what could it do for Whittier? What could it do for the west side of, of Whittier, the Whittier community? So when we went through and did all the permits on the groves, um, Fernando Dutra and I were on the subcommittee. Uh, and um, what we said is, look it, uh, you want to build here? This needs to be an economic um, uh, incubator for us. And so we, we uh, basically put into the, um, uh, uh, the permit process that uh, if there's something there that can be satisfied by a Whittier business or a local business, maybe even Santa Fe Springs, um, they are supposed to give them first choice as long as it's uh, competitive. The, I'm told that the uh, fencing around is uh, a local business has done that. We have security service there at that site. It's a local business providing that. So we build into into the Groves project as much wittier as possible, uh, and so and, and, and it's it's paying off uh, from that standpoint. So I'm very excited about the Groves. In fact, maybe we can talk about it in a couple uh, minutes. I was going to say I think we should start a campaign. This is just my thoughts. I don't know. Um, we got to start getting rid of the former Nellis site. It's not and Nellis. just do the 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 and then just keep the Groves. You know why? Why I say this is that when I explain to people who aren't familiar with Whittier or don't know the true history of Whittier, and I say that, oh, yeah, this should be the Nellis uh, uh, site, what does that mean? And it gets into a history like, oh, well, it used to be – and like, uh, you know what? Never mind. It, it was nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was the Nellis California Youth Authority facility. Um, I went in and did a Bible study in there almost uh, pretty much every Monday night for about eight years. Yeah. So I got to know it really well. Um, and there were some really tough, tough kids in yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about murderers. We're talking about rapists. We're talking yeah. – people in Whittier did not know what was going on behind the big fence there yeah. on Whittier Boulevard. Um, and then it was gone. So I don't, I don't use the word Nellis anymore. It's the groves. It's the groves. the groves. It's the groves. So uh, with that said, um, what, what are, how would you address uh, housing needs? Um, the housing needs is a really good um, question, and I want to make sure everyone <clears throat> excuse me I want to make sure that everyone understands what the deal is on housing. So the governor uh, has mandated because of the housing crisis mandated that local government must provide a new uh, large number of housing units, single family, detached, attached. Uh, apartments, you name it, all the way from low, low income to middle income and everything in between, all right? For the city of Whittier, we've been mandated under our RENA, Regional Housing Needs Assessment, we're to come up with 3,400 new homes, new apartments. Does that bother you at all? 3,400. That means, I mean, in a city like this, this is built out, that means do you put them up in the hills? There's room there, but I don't think so over our over my dead body. So so we are being forced, and we're not the only city, all right? Get this. We're not the only city uh, that's being forced. So the problem is where do you put it, number one? You talk about traffic and the like uh, and quality of life, and how do you pay for it? So we're being told that you have to get developers in here to build all these new homes. And yet in the old days, remember we had redevelopment. That's right. And Governor Brown took away redevelopment. Yeah. And the redevelopment monies 
uh, that used to stay here, we would use that to fund uh, low and moderate income housing. We did it on the Gables in East Whittier. We did it on um, right here at Penn and um, uh, what, Comstock. Comstock yeah. Yeah. Uh, we did that there. So there's people who are living there who otherwise couldn't afford uh, because we backfilled with those redevelopment monies. Well, those monies are gone. So now they're telling us to go do this, and yet at the same time, do you think we have money to do this? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to talk in a minute about what our situation is from our, our budget standpoint. We don't have the money to do it. And yet Sacramento, at least before Christmas, was sitting on a deficit. I think it was about 21.5, not deficit, excuse me, Sur- a surplus. Oh, my goodness. A surplus of $21.5 billion. billion. And so you would think that that money's there. They will incentivize us to do this housing that, no, no, that money is staying right there. I believe that much of that money is our former redevelopment money that used to be down here. Yeah, so so how are we going to do 3,400 new units? So let me tell you what we've done here in Whittier, and it's really important that people understand this. Before you get into that, how did the, do you know how these guys came up with that number? Like, is there a formula or yeah. just like? Yeah, there's a formula um, that that the governor's office comes up with, and they determined uh, in the uh, from a regional standpoint um, how much you have right now and how much they think you should have, and so that formula changes. Uh, we had we had 3,400 prior to that. We complained about it uh, to the local uh, SCAG authority, Southern California. Uh, Association of Governments, who kind of is involved in this, and um, uh, they brought it down. It was it was like four thousand something. I mean, it's just like where do we come up with these numbers? Um, so so that's how it happens. What we've done here in 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 Whittier, and people need to understand this because all the time on the campaigns, there's too much traffic, too much traffic. You're right. A lot of that has to do with ways has to do with, you know, all that type of thing, but also has to do with people and cut through traffic. Yeah. If you build more homes, there will be more traffic. Anytime we do building uh, uh, projects, there have to be traffic mitigation. So I want to make sure we got 3,400 new units. Uh, so what have we done? In Since 2016, we built uh, the nine affordable units over here at Penn and Comstock. Uh, we've, added, we've added like 100 new homes uh, since 2016. So with the Groves project, we're going to have between that and some of the other things that are going on, uh, we're going to have uh, over 825 new uh, units, apartment, et cetera. So we've been doing this before it was, quote, in and before they started jamming these numbers down on us. So we've been doing it for, for a while here in Whittier, understanding that we want to do our, our, our part, but at the same time making sure that we have traffic uh, mitigation and that we don't want to wreck our way of life. So okay. once again, it's this fine balance thing. So um, uh, it's not as if uh, it's not as if we have not been doing our part, and yet we're being told we got to come up with more housing, no money to do it. Uh, there's a bill SB 50 or 54 that basically says if you're on a transit corridor uh, where Metro has a bus or something like that, then what's going to happen? A developer will not have to come to local government to get permits. They can, by right, go ahead and build up to either three or four stories along those routes. So can you imagine Whittier Boulevard with the bus going down, uh, both sides going up uh, three and four stories? 
Uh, can you imagine Beverly Boulevard where Montebello yeah. bus um, or Washington Boulevard or whatever? So that's a bill that's in Sacramento right now that's making its way through. And there would be no ability for any of us, local government. for local government to go and say, no, that's not appropriate for, the, for the, the neighborhood, and here's why. So they want to take away our local control, and that's going through right now. In fact, I just wrote a, an email to the city manager and said, are we, haven't we put together a letter to oppose this? And they said, we're, we're working on it. So yeah. we're wow. watching this stuff. No, no, it's did, important. Do they have a date, Joe, for when the 3,400 units, is it just open-ended where you need to provide? Within the next 10 years, 10 years, and we have to portion, have to be low-income, mm-hmm. um, moderate-income, et cetera, uh, and that's what they've mandated, and as I said, within 10 years. And so where are you going to do it? How are you going to pay for it? Okay. I mean, somebody, a developer, we don't develop homes. Some developer comes in and wants to do it. That's great. But they usually need a backfill because it's yeah. not profitable for them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how we used to do it when we had a redevelopment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Next question. Um, how would you address crime? Um, how do we address crime? Uh, well, crime actually, we're doing pretty well. We had a spike up two years ago uh, with a lot of property crimes, and we still have some of that going on here. Uh, in terms of major part one crimes, it's, it's been pretty good. Uh, and much much of those those other crimes are petty theft. They're things like that, and uh, they're related. A lot of related to homelessness. Yeah. Um, and Proposition Forty Seven. You heard me talk about uh, the um, they basically decriminalized uh, uh, drug usage. They also decriminalized uh, theft to a great extent. And they said you go in steal something that's under nine hundred fifty dollars, you get a slap on the hand, and you get a citation. And that assumes that the, the store owner wants to prosecute. Oh. Most of them don't want to prosecute. I went on same night. I was on right along. I told you we got a call out to um, a retailer in the um, central Whittier area. I won't say who they are. Uh, and it was uh, someone who was out in the parking lot called and said, someone's out here. I think they just stole stuff. Well, by the time we got there, uh, the complainant was gone and the person was gone. So we went inside. We walk in and here's a guy. I mean, we saw him taking small stuff and putting them in his pockets, and he starts walking out. We said, stop and empty your pockets. And sure enough, he had all kinds of stuff. A lady, while we were talking to this guy, a lady walks out, and uh, the officer, other officer says, she's, she's got stuff too, but we can't attend to both of them at the same time. As soon as we got in with him, we talked to the store manager. You want to prosecute? No, not com- company policy because it's under $950. And they said, okay, don't steal anymore. Get out. Wow. And, and we got down with him. We found someone else doing the same thing. Jeez. All within uh, 25, 25 wow. minutes. So there's no – it's lawless. Yeah, yeah. It's lawless. And it's happening throughout Whittier. Yeah. And it's happening throughout, throughout California. California. Right? Yeah. And so I'm going to my, put my plug in real quickly. Uh, Keep California Safe, which is our initiative that will help deal with these things, uh, this uh, serial theft. Uh, with uh, the drug and alcohol to some extent, uh, and with uh, AB 109, which uh, led, in my opinion, to the killing of Officer Keith Boyer and uh, how that guy got out on the street. He never should have been out on the street. Um, uh, We have changes in the law that's an initiative that will be on the ballot in November. And if we want to clean up some of these things, 
it doesn't throw out the baby with the bathwater. It cleans out certain areas. Yeah. If we want to deal with some of these things, we need to be supportive of Keep California Safe. So you'll be hearing more about it. Um, <clears throat> hopefully I get reelected and you're going to hear a lot more about it from me. There so you I, have to, I had to put that plug in, guys. Sorry. No, no, that works. Yeah, that $990. 950 950 is is a slippery slope because once they're in the habit of saying, well, I'll go to 700 800 and they know they're just going to get a slap in the wrist, then it just kind of breeds more of that until it gets to a point where it becomes very serious. Well, and, and, and let's keep California safe initial. Say if you do it three times, you become a, you become a serial uh, thief. Mm-hmm. And in that situation, you can be arrested and put into jail. Yeah. Right now, there's nothing like nothing that. There. Yeah. So. Um, there you go. Yeah. All right. And yeah. next question, Joe. Uh, oh, lastly. Go ahead. Uh, on a crime, address it big time. We need more police officers on the street here in Whittier. And we did a study on that, and it said we need 15, 16. We need, uh, we need that amount, but I, uh, right now we need at least five or six officers, and maybe a little bit more. Um, and we need to beef up the officer's presence on the street. So five to six more on top of what we currently have. Yeah, we currently have, we're supposed to have 120 uh, officers for both Santa Fe Springs and Whittier. Uh, the issue is we've had a number of people retire. We've had some people move and go to other departments. So you're trying to backfill with new new officers. And so we've had some officers come from other departments here. We've had new officers come in. But it's a constant uh, changing of the guard, so to speak. Yeah. And um, so we need we need more officers, bottom line. Rebo, send up. Yeah, so I mean, you kind of touched it a little bit. Uh, how would you address the long-term financial stability for the city and more specifically with CalPERS funds. Yeah, we have, an, we have an issue here. Um, we are a city that's always, always, always had a balanced budget. We're a pretty conservative city. We don't do crazy stuff here. Very transparent when it comes to budgeting um, and everything else for that matter. So uh, as you know, uh, a couple years ago, CalPERS um, lost a lot of money in the stock market. CalPERS is the California Public Employee Retirement System. And we have a number of people who are great employees for Whittier who've retired. Uh, but CalPERS does not have the money to be able to take care of the benefits as people get older and costs go up and all that kind of thing. So um, CalPERS a couple of years ago said, well, you know, we're going to surcharge anyone who's in CalPERS system, including the state of California, counties, cities, uh, you name it. So they started surcharging us each year. I think it was the first year was 1.2. Next year was 1.3. I think we're going up to 1.5. In other words, we've got to find that money every year. Well, the reality is we had money set aside because former uh, councils had put some money aside for the rainy day when this might happen and uh, through a series of circumstances I won't go into. But uh, the long and short of it is that money is basically gone at the end of this year. And so we're in a position right now where we're going to have to come up with either 1.5, 1.6. I, I don't have a number uh, for this next year starting July 1st. And um, – what do we do? How do we do that? Do we take it out of our general fund uh, reserves, which are there for earthquake and things like that? We have a very uh, a good uh, general fund reserve, which is very um, – we've, we've been told that you've got a really good, good size for the, the amount of people that you have because if you have an emergency, you're going to have to dip. Yeah. So the question is how do we come up and pay these CalPERS surcharges uh, that are going to go – uh, to all the way to 2028. And then on top of that, we need more police officers. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do? Do we go in and we've been making cuts and we will continue to make cuts, but you can't cut your way out of the situation. 
So um, what we're doing is we're going to ask the people of the city of Whittier in the March 3rd election to vote yes on Measure W, which will basically be a sales tax increase, take us from 9.5 to 10.25, which is the max. I, to be candid with you, I'm a person who believes in keeping money in people's pockets, but I'm also a person that believes very strongly in fiscal responsibility and stability. And so um, uh, we have to, uh, in my opinion, we have to vote yes on Measure W uh, so that we can make sure we're stable and we'll be making cuts and we'll be doing other things. And my view is uh, we'll be able to take care of the PERS issue at least for a period of time. Uh, with that, uh, we'll also be able to get uh, some some more officers to the extent we need a little more money on homelessness. Maybe we can do that. Uh, maybe we take some of this money and put it further aside for a reserve. Uh, the, the real kicker on this is that this is Taxifornia and this is – uh, uh, L.A. County votes always yes on tax increases. If some other government agency in L.A. County wants to come in and raise the sales tax rate to 10.25, and we have not protected ourselves here, there, all there needs to be is a vote in Los Angeles County to raise the sales tax to 10.25 for, say, the Air Quality Managed District or somebody else, then what happens is that money, which is voted upon by the people of, city, uh, of, of, of okay. the county, Basically, that money will go to the county, and we won't see that money. So basically, it's a situation where we need to take care of ourselves. Glendora's done this. Azusa's done this. A number of La Mirada's done this. A number of cities around here have done this. We have waited to see if there's going to be relief from Sacramento on yeah. the CalPERS situation. Guess what? How much money did they say? Like, good luck. Yeah. Yeah, $21.5 billion. Yeah. Get some relief? No, no. So we have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. yeah. So um, I, uh, I'm a big, a big proponent of Measure W. And again, from a resident standpoint, I don't think it's it's against the uh, or you go up against the the not wanting to raise it again a one cent or or one and a half cent more, three quarters um, or three. Yeah. Um, uh, it, I don't think it's it's the the big financial impact it's going to have on my wallet. I think the concern is, like, if we're paying more money, where does that money go? Because, uh, in other words, if you're asking for more, more, and more, mm-hmm. um, is it going to be used efficiently and responsibly? I think that's really the concern. I don't mm-hmm. think it's more the the what I'm paying out of pocket. Um, but, you know. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think, I don't know, and this is something that they're out there. Is it a temporary increase? You said till 2028. Until we're no longer responsible for the CalPERS fund, is that no? It, it's it's permanent, it's but permanent. We, we can always come in and I mean we're we had fine. discussions about sunsetting it and all that, mm-hmm. and um, uh, so CalPERS is supposed to be till twenty twenty eight. I mean, who knows? I don't believe projections more than five years, anyways. Yeah. To be honest with you, but but you're right. That's a good. Are we are we spending that money wisely? Mm-hmm. Um, we have a new city manager. Uh, Jeff Collier did a great job and and uh, is retired and was really focusing on this. Uh, Brian Psyche, who's our new city manager, is focused right in on this because at the end of the day, um, the number one thing that we do is we take care of public safety and secondly, we make sure we are fiscally stable and we're balanced. Yeah. And, and we're working hard on that. And all I can tell you, uh, as long as I'm here, we're going to be looking at this real closely. I'm not much into spending money other than police officers there you go at this point so with that said yeah let's get into some easier local questions 
Joe, or funner questions, maybe even harder questions, I would say. So what do you think that uh, – well, let's go to uh, my favorite one. What are your go-to uh, favorite <laughs> spots here in Whittier to well, eat you know, or to play? Where would people find you? You know what? I was thinking about that. Um, and, you know, there's some really cool places I'm not sure that people all over the city know about. So maybe I shouldn't say this, but um, I love the Greenway Trail. Okay. Uh, and uh, I love running it on Saturdays and Sundays and other times. And the trail is in different segments. But the west side of the trail is really quiet. Uh, it's away from streets uh, because it's through residential neighborhoods, Palm Park, et cetera. And uh, if you like to go and just stroll and uh, think and just take it easy, uh, that's a great, great place to do it. Uh, so I highly recommend that. That's where you know, you'll see me hang out. Um, there's another place uh, that I like, uh, and I, I'm into being outdoors in that, uh, the Arroyo Pescadero up here Sorry, on Kalima, uh, just above from Murphy Ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, some people know about it, uh, but there's some great trails in there. Uh, I bumped into a bobcat one time there. I'm not talking about a mountain lion. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about a bobcat, yeah, which is a tiny one. Yeah. yeah, it's the size of a, a, a house a, cat, a, right? a big a big size house cat. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's real nice up there. It's quiet and uh, peaceful, and there's views of uh, uh, Palos Verdes and that. So that's a place I like to, um, I like to go. Um, I, I like, obviously, Uptown. Uh, and we've got some cool new restaurants, and there's a lot of things going on. And I think I told you, looks like we might be dedicating uh, the new, um, uh, or turning uh, dirt on the new parking structure maybe next week. We're not quite Perfect. sure yet, but that's moving forward. So I'm excited. I think it's to be a huge boon once that's done to to the restaurants, I don't know about you, but Friday night, no yeah. place to park. That's right. And, that's right. you know, restaurants, their lifeblood is their customers. Yeah. And if there's no place to park, there's a problem. Um, another place I like in Whittier, uh, and I was thinking of, of, of uh, East Whittier, but I thought, yeah, I'm going to be kind of quiet because I'll get people unhappy with me if I tell them. <laughs> so the last place I was thinking of that's really cool is Sycamore Canyon, which is just outside the city limits. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've been there. Uh, but it's part of the hills, and uh, there's an old quarry there. Uh, the um, uh, that was, there's an old hot springs there. That was the old uh, I think it was Cal Baden. Cal Baden is that the name of it? it was hot springs uh, that had special water, mineral water that was uh, uh, unlike anywhere else except for uh, the uh, um, uh, there's a hot spring in a famous hot spring in Germany, and it had apparently the same kind of water mm. up Sycamore Canyon. There's a quarry there. What where they quarried a lot of the materials that, that helped build Whittier. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't know about the canyon, oh, so yeah. I shouldn't be talking about this. But I know. It's, it's a great place to be and uh, just under the big sycamore trees. So yeah, yeah. those are some of the places I like to hang out. There you go. Yeah, those are some unique answers. <laughs> a lot of times we get the same consistent answers. You know, some of the hot spots that our people uh, go to often, obviously those ones – I don't think we've ever heard yeah. any of those, right? Yeah. yeah so well, we're trying to be here first. There's, here. there's a yeah, lot of stuff in Whittier that people don't know yeah. about. That's right. It's right under their nose. They don't see it. Yeah. Well, the next question is, uh, what do you think the city is missing, or maybe something that you drive to uh, a different city to to get? Are you kidding me? Go what? to another city? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We live in Whittier. We work in Whittier, and yeah. we shop in Whittier. Yeah. Um, you, we, we can't have a professional baseball team because we've already got the yeah. Dodgers and the Angels. Um, uh, you know, the, the thing that, that I think we're missing here, I alluded to it earlier, um, is, is just a good uh, shuttle system uh, where people can move around. I, I, I believe firmly uh, uh, that, that here in Whittier, 
Um, we, we don't have a Nordstrom's Rack. I'd love to have a Nordstrom's Rack. We've talked to Nordstrom's Rack about being here, but they're in Brea. Um, so we want to beef up the retail here. Yeah. But I really like the idea of a transit system here. And if, if, you, if you need to go to um, downtown L.A., well, hopefully we're going to have the gold line here. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be right across from the hospital. We'll tie into the groves and in the A.V., uh, that we're, we just got That's talking right. about. That whole area there is, um, uh, if we can get get it, the gold line here, and I think we've got a really good shot at doing that, that whole area will be jobs uh, uh, with the hospital. Uh, you'll have new um, transit-oriented development there. Yeah. Um, so those are the things that uh, I'm excited about. Uh, and, and that's going to be an economic incubator like we've not seen before. So um, I just believe we're all about living in Whittier, working in Whittier, shopping in Whittier. Get on the freeway once in a while to go see a ball game or, yeah. or do something. But otherwise, we raise our families, and uh, we've got a good life here in Whittier. That's right. I, I that's get right. that same um, comment that when I tell my family, just come to Whittier. And they always say, man, you do everything in Whittier. <laughs> should, I said, well, that's the way it should be. Yeah. yeah. And so. people, people in Whittier, they come here for a reason because yeah. that's the life they want. And that's what we want to keep it. We want to keep making it better and better. But that's what we want here in Whittier. And that's yeah. why it's, it's, uh, it's exciting for me to be the mayor. There you go. There you go. All right, Joe. Well, how can people uh, connect with you, whether either on social media, maybe a phone number if you want to give it, or anything else you want to share? Yeah, the best thing is just to go to V number 4 whittiercom uh, if you want a yard sign or something or you got questions. Um, we also have Facebook, and uh, we take a number of questions on Facebook. Um, and, uh, I, you know, people – I've got people who I call and uh, they want to talk about something – or meet, we do that. It's really crazy right now because there's so much stuff going on. But the beauty of being in a small town, this is an 88,000-person small yes. town, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still a small town. The beauty is um, that you can know your elected representatives. Uh, you can know your city manager. You can know the police officers. You can know the firefighters who work for you. Uh, and and we want to keep that small town feeling uh, as we um, uh, continue to get larger because we are growing. Yeah. We are growing. So that's the balance we're trying to find. Um, and I'd love people to uh, just let me know what they like. Uh, trust me, I get lots of people tell me what they don't like on the homelessness <laughs> issue. And, and we're, we're working it and we're trying it. But I told you what we need, and we need people's help on that particular issue also. So, Joe, appreciate you coming on. Um, this is a lot of good information. Um, if if uh, obviously if you're campaigning, you get reelected, we'll have to bring you back as the official mayor uh, to kind of, I guess, go through development on some of these other questions that that uh, that we've been getting. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, appreciate you coming on. Wish you luck. Yeah. yeah. And Jesse's now going to take me to the hot springs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's also an oil well over there, so don't you might take me there. Get, get in the right tub, <laughs> not the wrong one. Right? Clear water, yeah. not dark water. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you again. Uh, Joe. Okay. Thank you, Joe. Right, What's bye. up, guys? Thank you. Bye, Whittier. See you later, Whittier. <laughs>